Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Bibles, go ahead and open up in your Bibles to John chapter 7, John chapter 7 verse 37, and this is the text of scripture that we've been taking each week as a foundation and a platform for what we've been sharing. And as you're turning there, I'll pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this great opportunity just to share the word of God. And God, I pray that you would stir our hearts. God, I pray right now that wherever anybody in this room is, whether they're just seeking to know about you desiring to have a relationship with you, or they're growing in their relationship with you already. God, I pray that this message would stir everyone's heart to take another step closer, to desire to know you more, and stir up on the inside of what you've got in us. So we thank you and give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, On the last day... The great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. For he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Did you notice that the Bible says that Jesus cried out? And I kind of exaggerated that to get your attention. But it said that he cried out with a loud voice. And he says, listen, if you're thirsty, if you're Sensing that there's a void, there's something that's just missing on the inside. He said, if you're thirsty, he says, come to me. And if you believe me as the scripture has said, he says, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And we've been talking about these rivers, not just a river, but rivers that Jesus said will come from the inside out. And rivers always produce life. And if you, again, if you notice, Jesus cried out. He didn't just say it quietly. He wanted to get your attention. You know, he didn't live in a day and an age where there was billboards and TV commercials and radio ads, right? So in other words, he had to lift his voice to get the message out. You know, I don't know if you've uh, watched much TV as of late, but, you know, years ago, there was a gentleman that was a spokesman for a cellular company called Verizon. And his slogan was, can you hear me now? You remember that? And everything about that was to promote this ability to have better coverage and get better communication. And they were selling or trying to tell you that Verizon was the best. And can you hear me now? Well, I don't know if you've noticed this kind of the switch Or the play on the whole thing. But that same guy that was the spokesman for Verizon went over to AT&T. Did you see that? And he says, was it Sprint? Okay, Sprint, sorry. One of those guys. So he says, you know, I used to ask you, could you hear me now? He says, but you know what? We're kind of just stepping our game up and we're just as good. And he says, did you hear that? What's he doing? He's trying to sell something and he's trying to tell you there is a means of communication And again, there is an opportunity for you to take advantage of what we have. Jesus was doing the same thing. He's saying, I want you to take advantage of what I have for you. 
There's a desire for you to truly come to know the life that I've come to give. Well, speaking of cell phones, how many of you own a cell phone? If you own a cell phone, raise your hand. Just about 99% of everybody in here. All right, I've got mine up here. All right, now, there was the day and the age of just the old flip phones and the old, just it was just kind of a, a dinosaur. And they call them dumb phones now. Anybody got a dumb phone? Anybody still got one? <laughs> a couple of dumb. Oh, well, you might call it dumb. But listen, there, there's a difference between the old style phone and what they call smartphones. Do you know what I'm talking about? So how many of you got smartphones? Raise your hand if you got a smartphone. A smartphone is a phone or really a device that has the ability to have apps put on it. Or basically, it's like a little computer in your pocket, right? You tracking with me? And I don't know what kind of phone you have. There are those that are iPhone people and there are those that are Android people. And I don't want to ask you because it will cause a big fight right now. And so the only thing that I do know is that if you don't have an iPhone and you're using an Android phone, that you're, you're, you're probably replacing your phones or you're probably having glitches and what? No, no, never mind. Oh. <laughs> uh, don't want to go there. Don't want to go there. But listen, when it comes to the apps that you can get on your device, and isn't it interesting that really they've almost kind of changed their lingo. Rather than it being a phone, it's now become a device. And on your device, there are almost, depending on what phone you have, there are approximately 2,200,000 apps that you can get on your device. Did you hear what I said? I said there's over 2 million apps that you can get or download on your phone. Now, just to kind of give you a heads up as to my personal phone, I've got music on here. In fact, I've got over 200 songs in this little baby. I can get the weather. I've got the Bible in here. In fact, I've got multiple translations of Bibles in here. I've got a, a camera. I've got a video camera. I've got a TV right here. I've got a GPS system in this thing. If I'm, if I'm traveling, it will tell me where to go. I've got an app in here that if I go to my favorite golf course, I can pull up an app and it will tell me right where I'm at and it will tell me how far to the pin I've got yet to go. It locates me and it helps become my caddy just through the device that I have. Also concerning my phone or my, my, my device, I can get my email. I can go shopping. I've got an arcade right in my hand. I've got a calculator. I've got a full dictionary and volume of encyclopedias. In fact, on my personal phone, I've got five books downloaded in here. I can also FaceTime with my sister down in Florida, you know. Remember George Jetson when you watch the cartoon? Some of you don't even know who George Jetson is. But George Jet- Jetson, they would used to, used to have this face-to-face uh, uh, TV monitor where that was kind of their, their phone system. And it was like way out there, just kind of sci-fi. But that's what we're living in, that era where we got a phone or a device that we can look at the person from all ac- across the nation and begin not to only have a conversation via the phone, but I can have a face-to-face interaction. Right? All through the apps that I can put on my device. And all that being said, two million and some plus apps that I can use on this device. It's also got an app in there for a phone. I can actually use this thing for a phone. Now, it's interesting when new phones come out. A lot of people kind of get into the the. The swing of saying, I I can't wait for the new one to come out because it's better and it's got more novelties on it, right? 
line up for it and whatever the case might be. And I remember when I got mine, I was kind of excited about it because it had more memory. I could put more in there. But the interesting thing is, is that sometimes these devices, when you get them, you can get them out of the box, take the cellophane wrapper off them, and you start to try to use it, and it just don't work. And you're thinking, it's brand new. What's the problem? You would think, being brand new, I could use this thing. But there's a thing called a battery on the inside. And unless I plug my device into the power source, it doesn't matter how many millions of apps or applications that I can use on this device. If it is not plugged into the power source, this is no good to me. Right? So we could say it this way. There's over 2 million plus rivers that this thing can be used for or can be applied to this thing. But without a power source, there's no navigation. There is no advantage. There is nothing that I can do with this thing unless I'm connected to the power source. Are you tracking with me? As we read there in, the, in John's gospel, he said... If you'll believe me as the scripture as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The King James Bible says, out of your belly. It's interesting that the King James recognizes your belly or your heart or your spirit. He says, in here is where the rivers flow. In here is where all the things that Jesus came to do begin to flow out of you. In other words, Jesus made all kinds of apps available, and he says, it's in here. But you got to know how to draw it out. you got to know how to prime the pump. You need to know how to tap into the power source to get those things out of you. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, it says, The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, Searching all the inward parts of the belly. So in other words, there's a whole lot in here. But it's up to us upon receiving Jesus to discover what he did in us. And what he wants to do through us. Because it's in here. Amen. All the apps. Everything that Jesus said is available. Once I receive Christ... It came in me. I just got to learn how to tap into the source, prime the pump, and get the rivers flowing. Amen? In 2 Corinthians, once again, chapter 13, I want to read this again. It says, for he, or excuse me, it's a different verse, rather. 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 4, it says, "For for though Jesus was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. This is speaking of Jesus. He was crucified, he died, but then the Bible says that he came back to life, and it says that he lives by the power of God. And then it goes on to say, for we also are weak in him, but we shall live, everybody say live, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward us or towards you. So once again, he says there is a living that he desires for us, but it's according to the power that's in there. When Jesus came into your heart, he says there's a supply on the inside. So many times we try to live this life doing things 
in the arm of our flesh, in our own strength. And God says, when are you going to let me help you? When are you going to let me take the wheel? Aren't you glad Carrie Underwood came up with that song, Jesus, take the wheel? Amen. Well, let me give you another example that might help paint a picture concerning this river, these things that God has put on the inside that he wants us to allow to come out of us to truly to begin to experience the life that he desired for us to live. Notice it says here that you shall live with him and by the power of God towards you. That word live is the same word as the living waters that Jesus said that he came to give to put in your heart. So think of it from this example. You know, here we have a real warm day. And I said, you know what? The Swicks, their pool turned green. In fact, Gary already told me that. He says, it's greener than green. So listen, it's going to be fun over there. No, I'm just joking. But he says, the pool is green. We can't swim at our house today. And so I said, you know what? I've got this great location. And I'll take everybody over there. And so we follow everybody. Everybody follows me. We get into this particular area. We travel back in some uh, isolated wood areas. And then all of a sudden it opens up into a parking lot. And in the parking lot, you see across the parking lot, there's this big building. And everybody asks, what is that building? And I said, well, it's a power station. And everybody says, I didn't know that that was there. I said, oh, yeah, this is a great place. It's a secret place that I found a little bit while, a little while ago. But then we start to notice there's all kinds of people that are there. And I said, well, listen, the beach is over here. Just follow me. And I start to lead you down a path. And we go through the woods. And then on the other side of the patch of woods opens up into this great body of water. And it's a beautiful beach. And everybody goes out there. I mean, the, the water's like glass. It's just beautiful. It's just so enjoyable. The kids are having fun. And we had our picnic. And we had just a blast hanging out together. And then at the end of the day, we packed up. And we all started headed back to the parking lot. Well, when we got back to the parking lot... We started noticing all these other people in the parking lot and they've got kayaks. And they're like, woohoo, they're high-fiving and they're talking like, man, did you see those rapids? Man, wasn't that exhilarating? And we're like, what's going on? And you're asking me like, where are they at? And I said, well, there's a really big river right over there. And it's fast and it's rapids and it is exhilarating. And you're like, well... How come you didn't take us there? Because I was taking you here. We're all standing in the same parking lot. But the building that you saw was a dam. And the water on this side of the dam is a great lake. It's calm. It's peaceful. There's rest there. But as the water goes through the dam... The turbines turn, turn and it generates power. As the water comes out, we've noticed that the water is raging on the other side of the dam and it is moving fast. And there's all kinds of fun stuff on this side. It's all in the same area. It's all part of the same landscape. But it's all available. It just depends on where you go. But if you never know that the rapids and the fun and the excitement's over there, if you never knew that the peace and the serene waters were over here, all we would do would stand in the middle of the parking lot and say, this isn't no fun at all. But in the midst of standing in the parking lot, the water's moving. The power's there. It's just a matter of us saying, 
What do we need to tap into today? What do we want to experience today? Because it's all right here. And God's saying, inside of you, there's peace. Inside of you, there's power. Inside of you is everything that you need to live this life to the full and truly enjoy it. I don't know about you, but there's been some times in my life that I've not really enjoyed life. But that's all up to me. It's just a matter of a decision. Not letting circumstances, but saying, you know what? There's a source on the inside. Jesus said, if you'll believe me, if you'll come to me in faith, if you'll trust me, you'll experience life and life to the full. And in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For in or for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just or the righteous shall live. Everybody say live. Live by faith. Once again, that word live is the same word that Jesus said, these waters are living. So in other words, for you to experience what's in you, You've got to tap into it by faith. It's in here. It's there. So you've got to begin to first know that it's there. But then learn how to activate what's on the inside. Are you tracking with me this morning? So, 2 Corinthians, once again, to refresh your memory. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. It says, For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lived by the power of God. For we are also weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards us. The very same source in the force and the power that he's speaking of is the power of love. Love is the thing that motivates everything concerning the heart of God. But concerning that love or concerning that power, there's many layers to that power. In fact, we could say it this way. When it comes to the heart of God and this force and this source of life has layers like an onion. Part of that force, that power is the love of God. Where the love of God covers a multitude of sins. Love never fails. But the scripture also identifies that living water is also grace. Just used or worded a little bit differently. And the Bible tells us that grace is the empowerment of God in you to do what you can't do. Come on. If people would learn about this power on the inside, we would find a whole lot more people being free from depression, from sickness, from addictions. Amen. Because of what is on the inside of us. Another word, if you will, that the Bible uses for this power is also described as the anointing. It's a churchy word. There might be times where you're here and you might say, oh, wasn't the anointing strong today? What it's talking about is the power of God. But concerning the definition or just an explanation concerning the power or what some might call the anointing or the scripture talks about. In Isaiah 10, 27, it says the anointing or the power of God, it destroys the yoke and it removes the burdens in our life. So in other words, in you, a child of God, maybe you're not a child of God, but you say, I want to be free. 
I've got some stuff going on in my life and I want to be free. I've got some baggage. I want to be free from it. I've got some burdens in my life. I want to be free. Then all you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart and come to be free. It removes the burden and it destroys the yokes in your life. Come on, have you ever felt like you've had a yoke around your neck? It's almost like just something that just kind of dogs you. This nags at you. You know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't look at me in that tone of voice. I know what you're... All of us have faced that at some point in time. Where it just seems like I can't get out from underneath of it. It just... What is it? That's just the enemy nipping at your heels. Right. If I can, I want to... <laughs> I want to share this with you. And I'm almost hesitant to share it with you because... Sometimes people's minds can just go wild in sharing some things. But the Bible tells us over in the book of Acts that God speaks to us through visions and through dreams. And oftentimes God will talk to me through dreams. And so it wasn't too long ago uh, I had this dream. In fact, my wife, she woke up while I was having this dream. And she said, man, you made me nervous. She said, the way that you were breathing, she says, all I knew to do was to pray for you. And she said, then it also made me nervous thinking, man, you wake, out, uh, wake up out of one of those dreams, you might grab a hold of me. And she goes, I did it. <laughs> so she just began to pray for me. And so the next morning she came and she said to me, she says, were you having a dream last night? And I started to laugh and I'm like, yeah. And I said, why do you ask? She said, because your breathing was so erratic. She said, it just kind of troubled me. She goes, and I just began to pray for you. She says, well, what was the dream? And I said, well, I don't really want to tell you because I really don't have the, the meaning to it yet. Now, listen, if, if, if you're wondering whether it's a dream and it's God talking to you, if God hasn't given you the, the explanation to it, then it was just the pizza. But listen, if you have a dream from God, he's going to give you an explanation as to what he's trying to communicate to you. And so I began to share with my wife, and I'm thinking, this isn't going to go well. God help her understand what I'm trying to tell her. So here's what I began to say. I said, you know, we were at this house, and I said, I knew it was our house, but it wasn't our house. And we had three children, but it wasn't our children. And I said, in the midst of our home, all of a sudden, our kids became demon-possessed. And if you think, if you say, what do you mean? Think of all the scooped, weirdo movies that you've ever seen. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, huh. And so I don't remember praying. I don't remember crying out to God. I just remember how they were acting. And the only thing that I could think to do was to kill the kids. And that's what happened. And I said to my wife, I says, I did what I had to do. And nobody would even begin to understand why I had to do it. But I had to do it. And I'm going to prison for the rest of my life. And that was the end of my dream. And I'm thinking, yeah, what an awesome dream to tell your wife. Killed my kids. And so my wife and I were driving. It was just a couple hours later as we're driving. We had a meeting that we were going to. And as we're driving, the Lord gave me the meaning of my dream. And he said, there's been a lot of things going on in your life. And he says, what's been going on has been a direct correlation to the enemy trying to mess with your life. And he said, and what you've been trying to do is you've been trying to handle it in the natural. 
You've been trying to take care of things from the natural. And if I just kill it from the natural, maybe we'll have some relief. And he says, but what you're facing is spiritual, not natural. So go at it spiritually from a spiritual perspective of what's on the inside of you versus trying to fix it on the natural side. Does that make sense? And I'm like, oh, got it, God. But here's the thing. The enemy likes to haunt you of your past. Come on, do you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have lived in those haunted houses where the enemy just nags you night and day of your past, of your faults, of your hang-ups, of your shortcomings, and you don't think you can be free from it? You try to do this, you try to do that, and you're trying to handle it from the natural, and God says there's something in you. Tap into the life source, the river on the inside. There's an app for that. I'm depressed. There's an app for that. I'm going broke. There's an app for that. The doctor says I've got cancer. There's an app for that. There's living water that's on the inside that Jesus came to give. And we've got to tap into it. Are you here this morning? Amen. So concerning this power that's on the inside of you. It destroys the yoke. It removes the burdens. It sets us free. And just as I said, concerning those voices, those little demons, if you will, that just keep nipping at your heel, that try to keep getting you snared up down this road that you've been down one too many times, and it don't seem like you can be free. You know, psychiatrists tell us that 80% of people that come in to see them for therapy that are depressed... If they would get past the guilt and the shame of their life, 80% of their clientele would not have to come and get therapy. The root of all addictions is guilt. Shame. And what does the enemy do? He likes to camp on it. But the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. This life source on the inside, if we'll allow it to make us free, you'll be free. Well, what if I mess up? It's all right. The rapids have some boulders now and then. You shake it off, go around it, pick yourself back up, get your boat right back up on the right side, and get back after it again. Because rivers always bring life. This life... That Jesus said, these rivers that are in you has given you, the, be, given you the ability to be free from sickness, from poverty, from oppression, from fear. It's in you. And it's just a matter of you priming the pump. Well, how do I prime the pump? A couple different ways. One is just act like the Bible's true. Find out what the Word of God says about you. And begin to act like it. Well, the doctor says I'm sick. Well, the doctor might say you're sick, and that's the facts. But there's a higher truth, the Word of God, that says he came that you might be well. So then I choose to be well. I choose to act well. Well, aren't you faking it? No, not faking it. Walking by faith. Living by faith. I'm applying the app. Come on, have you ever had an app on your phone? 
Come on, my kids, they put apps on their, uh, their little pads that they have. My little boy is only four years old, and he was playing his uh, little game the other day. And I tried to play his game just not too long ago, and, and I think I scored like 500 on it. And I thought, whew, I'm doing good. Four years old, 15,000. <laughs> like, how do you do that? He's learned the app. He's learned how to play the game. There's things in you that you just got to discover how to work them. Amen? You just got to learn how to get them working in your life. And sometimes it just takes practice. Amen? Let me give you an example. Just as we close, I'll give you an example here as to how you can prime the pump. In fact, turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18. We'll get there in just a second. Let me just give you an example. Let's draw our attention back to the place that we went swimming. There's the power station there on the other side of the parking lot that's generating power. There's the body of water over here that's got peace and has got rest. And there's this place over here that's got rivers that are flowing and it's exhilarating. It's a life of fun following Jesus. And so we go to the parking lot. And well, I guess God says I've got to be a tither. I've got to bring money to church. It's all they ever ask and all they ever talk about is money. All of a sudden, I've got my attitude really bent out of shape, don't I? And all I'm talking and all I'm seeing is the natural side. And so I come to the parking lot and I've got my tithe. And I'm like, well, okay, I got my tithe. And you throw it down in the parking lot. There, I brought it. God said, when you bring your tithe... You're acting in obedience, first of all. Secondly, you're worshiping God. But then God says, when you do that, when you act in obedience, you may not even know the full measure of all that God desires for you, but when you act in obedience, God says, I open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive, and I rebuke or I stop all those little devils in your life that just nip at your heels because you're faithful. Right? There's a power that's available. There's a peace that's available. There's a rest in your life that's available. There is an exhilarating life to experience if you act in obedience and do it in faith. But all of a sudden, we kind of, ah, give my tithe. I'll give you my tithe. Don't make me mad because I might take it back. I've had people do that before. Had one guy, he came in. This was a long time ago. He was working with another usher. He was an usher and he was working with another usher. And the other usher made him mad. Wasn't even me that made him mad. It's just another guy he was working with made him mad. And so as we're getting ready to take up the offering, he says, you know what? I'm just not even going to give my offering today because he made me mad. First time I had made somebody mad about offering time. and <laughs> So he chose to hold back. Well, did that hurt the guy that made him mad? No. Did it hurt me? No. It just robbed him of the blessing that God wanted for him. Because he had a stinky attitude. It's coming with an act of faith. Right? And you may say, well, man, there's been a lot of giving and tithing that I haven't been doing. 
That's all right. Just say, God, forgive me. God wipes the slate clean. Don't worry about all the past. Don't worry about all the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Don't worry about the guilt and the shame. God says, all right, let's start fresh. And when you act in obedience, God begins to work. There's peace. And don't just hear me talking about money. That's what I'm not talking about just, I'm talking about the application of God's word to be faithful to his promise. Amen. And so therefore, Proverbs chapter 18. How can I prime the pump? Proverbs chapter 18. Let me get there real quick. You doing okay? Are you really hot? I'm warm. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellsprings of wisdom is a flowing brook. Your mouth, your words, your heart is expressed. How do you prime the pump? God, your word says you're faithful to be a blessing to my family. If I'm a tither, if I'm a giver. God, you said that you came, that I would have life and life more abundantly. So God, I want to receive. You said that there's rivers in me. So God, help me to tap into these rivers and truly be free. God, you said that I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be sick. I don't have to be broke. You said I can come to experience a life. God, show me. Show me how to apply the apps. Help me download more. Help me see what you... Help me learn how to play the game of life. Because you said that I could experience it. As you begin to engage your faith with your words, wells begin to come forth. And lastly, I've already shared it with you, but in John chapter 8, verse 36, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If there was ever a scripture, you guys can come up. If there is ever a verse to know, if there is ever an opportunity for you to stand on what God's word says, you said, I'm free. So God, I'm trusting that you're a faithful God. I'm trusting you that you will honor your word. And therefore, God, I declare that I'm free. Amen. Let's stand. If you're here this morning, I don't care what it is. I don't care how big the mountain is. Jesus said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. doesn't doubt in his heart. He'll have whatever things he says. Aren't you glad Jesus said, whosoever? Whosoever is whosoever. Are you a whosoever today? Everybody is qualified in whosoever. So I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus said there's power, there's peace, there's rest, there's life on the inside of you. If you don't know it, haven't experienced it, then just invite Jesus, the giver of life, into your heart today. If you've received Christ, then let's begin to live this life of this journey together to experience God at His best. To love God, love people, and love life. And listen, that's what it's all about, folks. 
It's not just for you to get fat and happy. It's for you to become people that are free and helping others to escape the prisons of life. I'm going to pray over you this morning. And if you've got things going on in your life, my prayer is going to do something for you right now. You might say, well, are you awful confident in your prayers? No, I'm confident in my God. And he said, whosoever speaks to the mountain. So I'm going to speak to your mountain right now. And you just hook up with it and say, yep, yep, that's my mountain. And mountain, you're gone. You're leaving. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every individual under the sound of my voice. Those that would be listening online. Father, in the name of Jesus, if there are those that don't know you, that have never experienced the born-again experience of receiving Christ into their life, right now, we just say, Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Come into our lives. We believe in you. We accept you. And we ask you to be our Lord and our Savior. In Jesus' name. And God, right now, by faith, we receive the life and the fullness of who you are on the inside. In Jesus' name. And God, I speak to those mountains in our life. Sickness and disease. I command you in the name of Jesus to be removed. Leave those bodies. Leave those minds. Leave those internal organs now in Jesus' name. Yep, thank you, Father. If you're a woman and you've had some issues internally, Jesus, right now, the healer, is making that whole. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to that bondage and that oppression of depression. We loose your hold. We break you. We bind you in the name of Jesus. And we command you to loose your hold now in the name of Jesus. You devil of addiction, I break you and I bind you now. I turn you loose and command you to leave. Mountain, you dissipate in Jesus' name. Poverty and lack, no more. Wisdom, we invite you to help us live a wise, frugal, prudent life. And God, I thank you that you're restoring and turning and bringing forth life in this place in new measures. We give you all the thanks and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now listen, I believe wholeheartedly that God is doing things changing things, shaking things, and we always want to hear stories of what God's done in your life. So come on, brag on God. If you know, seen, feel, in the weeks ahead, days ahead, you say, God did something. Let us know. Because we want to give Him praise. Amen? Amen. Come on, I'm going to dismiss you in a word of prayer. These guys are going to play you out. But listen, we've got our hangouts. Again, directions on the back. We want to see you there. We want to just hang out with you. Have fun, all right? I know where you live. We'll bring the party to you if you don't show up, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person here. God, we thank you for a safe day. We thank you for a day of blessing, a day of fun, a day of festivity. God, we thank you for 
just cooperating weather in, in the length of time that we're together. And God, we thank you for this church and these people and just the hospitality and just the generous nature of our of our joy and our desire to be with one another. And so we give you all the thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you're dismissed, and we'll see you in just a real short while. God bless you. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life